Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's Fibber McGee and Molly. NBC and Tums present Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. This is Don Wilson for Tums. You know, some people suffer for hours when acid indigestion or heartburn strike. That's because they haven't tried Tums, America's top choice for don't-wait relief from acid indigestion. Yes, Tums give don't-wait relief. You don't wait for spoons, glasses, or water. There's nothing to mix. Just reach into your pocket or purse for the handy roll of Tums, peel off one or two, and eat like candy. And you don't wait for relief, because Tums go right to work to gently calm churning excess stomach acid. No wonder millions of Americans in all walks of life look to Tums for the answer to acid indigestion and heartburn. You, too, should always carry Tums for don't-wait relief. So, don't wait. Get famous Tums for the tummy. Only ten cents a roll. The garage at 79 Wistful Vista was turned into a science lab yesterday, and Mr. McGee is trying his best to turn into a scientist. Even a scientist has to eat, however, so here he is at the breakfast table with a coffee cup, an empty plate, and a faraway look in his eyes. Maybe if I mix some CO2 with zinc oxide. Another cup of coffee, McGee? McGee? Hmm? I said, how'd you like another cup of coffee? Scrambled, kiddo, like I always do. What are you talking about? My eggs. Isn't that what you asked me? How would I like my eggs this morning? You already had your eggs. I did? Oh, for goodness sakes. No wonder you don't remember eating your eggs the way you've been daydreaming all morning. You haven't paid attention to a thing I've said all through breakfast. Gee, that's terrible. It certainly is. Imagine missing those eggs. Scrambled happens to be my favorite, too. Oh. Where are you going? I'm going to stack the dishes. Well, gee whiz, kiddo. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is with us scientists. We got a lot on our minds. Always problems of some kind to figure out. Like, for instance, if I take some H2O and add some H3O, do I get H5O or H2O? An interesting question. I don't know to whom, but interesting. Well, that's the sort of problems that plague the scientific mind, my dear. It's problems like that that I'm attempting to solve out there in my laboratory right now. Out where? My laboratory. Lab to you. Oh, the garage. Shit. McGee, I asked you yesterday to throw out all those chemicals and junk and clean that garage up. I can't throw them out, Molly. I've just started experimenting. My gosh, there's no telling what I may discover. A new way to get from here to London without a plane, probably. Well, one of the fascinating things about science is that one never knows what one may stumble over in one's work. I have the same trouble in my work. If you don't stop leaving your toolbox on the basement steps, you're liable to wind up one of these days with nobody to darn your socks. Oh, I don't mean that kind of stumble, Molly. I mean the things a scientist accidentally discovers. Gee whiz, I got projects cooking out there in the garage right now that may change the whole course of science. Mm -hmm. For instance, what would you say if I came up with a way to make sugar out of coal? Out of coal? Yes, sir. Coal is made out of carbon, 
And so is sugar made out of carbon. So, if I can find a way to take a lump of coal, bleach it white, and make it sweet, I got lump sugar, right? Another experiment I got going is one... Well, who's coming to see us this early in the morning? Come in. Uh, Mr. McGee, uh, Mrs. McGee. Oh, hi, Wimp. Out here in the kitchen. Come on out, Mr. Wimple. Oh, hello, folks. I was just going by. Pull up a chair, boy. Uh, park the frame. What you doing out so early in the morning, anyhow? I was out for my morning road work, like it says in my physical culture book. Sit and... down, sit down. Have a cup of coffee. Oh, I... McGee, take Mr. Wimple's jump rope. I'll heat up the coffee pot. No, really, Mrs. McGee, don't bother. Don't I don't bother I'm... at all, Wimp. Coffee's expensive, sure, but... Nothing's too good for our friends. Relax, boy. I can't relax, Mr. McGee. The reason I stopped... Oh, now anybody can relax, Mr. Wimple. You just have to train yourself to it. Sure, my gosh, you're all red in the face, boy. You just sit quiet till you get your breath back. How many miles did you go on this road work, anyhow? Well, I, I dog-trotted about three miles, but that isn't the Heavenly reason. days. No wonder you're all out of breath. <laughs> Why, you overdid it, Mr. What Wimple. Say. A cup of coffee will make you feel better. Sure, you're overtired, Wallace. Makes your nerves frazzled. You gotta learn to untense, unwind, unloose, take things easy. All right, I, I guess you're right. Now you're talking. Learn the secret of relaxing and you'll live longer, Wimp. Take me, for example. I got a half a dozen important experiments underway out in my laboratory. That's the garage, Mr. Wimple. Yes, I know. And any one of them experiments may lead me to something big, like perpetual motion or atomic energy or maybe a new type of bubble gum. But you don't see me getting all tensed up. Oh, you're a sterling example to me, Mr. McGee. I don't know why I should get all excited just because your garage is on fire. Uh, pass the sugar, please. Oh, sure, now, that's the... What? A fire? The garage? Well, why didn't you tell Heavenly us? Heavenly days! Hey, grab a bucket, Molly. Get the hose connected. Pass Wimp the sugar. I'll run and show the fireman where the fire is. With all them dangerous chemicals out there, my God, on fire! There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. Everybody likes a success story, especially a story like that of Dr. James Dickey. This unselfish, hard-working Negro physician was voted the most outstanding citizen of Taylor, Texas, for the great contributions he made to the health and progress of that community. Dr. Dickey is a graduate of one of the United Negro Colleges, now making their annual appeal in your community. Like Dr. Dickey, the majority of America's outstanding Negro citizens, the ministers, lawyers, doctors, and nurses, are products of the private Negro colleges and universities. Right now, the 31 United Negro Colleges are serving nearly 23,000 students. And you can help them keep up this important work by sending your contribution to the United Negro College Fund, 22 East 54th Street, New York 22. Why not get a pencil right now and make a note of that address? It's the United Negro College Fund, 22 East 54th Street, New York, 22, New York. So long, Chief. Thanks again. Yeah. Don't forget when you get back to the station, 7, 8, 9. 7, 8, 9? What's that all about, dearie? They were in the middle of a pinochle game when the alarm came through. I just told him how to finish out his hand. Oh, it's a good thing those boys got here when they did, or we'd have no garage left. As it is, I don't know what we're going to do about that big hole that was chopped through the wall. Now, that's how them guys are. No patience. Just because I couldn't find the key to the garage door, some impulsive character picked up an axe. And... I know, and that was me. You? 
Well, gee whiz, Molly, why'd you get so excited? I don't know. Let's just say smoke got in my eyes. Mm. To say nothing of my nose and throat. Just look at this place. It's a mess. All because you wouldn't listen to me yesterday and get rid of these combustible chemicals. It's a good thing I didn't. What? Sure, the chemicals started the fire, but just stop and think a minute, Molly. If I hadn't had them chemicals in here, the car would have been in here. And if the car had been in here when the fire started, it would have burned probably up. My goodness, that's right. I never thought... Oh, stop it. Now, look, we're going to gather all these bottles of nasty-looking chemicals together and dump them in the trash can. Oh, no, Molly, no. Gee whiz. I may be on the verge of some big discovery that'll blow the roof off the scientific world. I don't mean blow the roof off. I mean, you, you know what I mean. Yes, I know. You mean blow the roof off. I'm not going to stand for... Now, Molly, for... look, please. Just give me time. Gee whiz, you got to have patience in science. Rome wasn't burned in a day. I mean, uh, built in a day. I know, but McGee... Every great inventor has a patient wife behind him, Molly. Where would we be today if Mark's wife had worried about him like you do about me? Mark? Mrs. Coney. Mark Coney's wife. The reason we can listen to John Cameron Swayze every night is on account of because Mrs. Coney had patience and her husband stood... Oh, hi, Les. Hi, boy. Throw out the chemicals, McGee, and... Hey, that's quite a little mess you got there, Mr. McGee. Hi, Miss McGee. Hello, Lester. It's not as bad as it looks, Les. A few chemicals burned up, but I got plenty more left. Mighty interesting stuff, science. Yep. Not to me. I always liked it in high school myself. Oh? Yeah, I rigged me up a little laboratory in the attic there at home, and, oh, I used to mix up all kinds of chemical stuff. Had a lot of fun, huh? Well, I tell you, I guess I'd just like to see those fire engines run mostly. They used to be over at our house about twice a week. Some of the best friends I had was firemen. Well, we're going out of the scientific experiment business right now, Lester, so you won't be seeing the fire engines around this house anymore. We're throwing out all Oh, this. not right now, Molly. Not today, kiddo. I got a few more experiments to try first. Got them all rode out here, too. I'll be careful. That's what you said yesterday. Yeah, but I will. I won't hurt anything. How, how does your wife feel about your hobbies, Les? Does, does Sally make you give up stuff that you're working on? No, no. Sally is very understanding about my interests, Mr. McGee. You see there? Have you done any chemistry since you've been married, Lester? Well, yes, I have, Miss McGee. Uh-huh. Yeah, I tried uh, one experiment right after we was married. It is real interesting, too. Yeah. I got me a big chunk of sodium, you see. Sodium? I, I got a hunk of sodium in that box there. You see it? Yeah, that, that's the same stuff there, all Gee. right. Well, I got an idea that I could take me a piece of sodium and mix it with water and maybe make me some soda water. No kidding. Funny you thought of trying that, because that's the very next experiment I got wrote down here to do next. How did it come out, Lester? Well, uh, I dropped that piece of sodium into a beaker full of water, and I tell you, the roof come off of that garage just as clean as if a cyclone had took it. <laughs> what? Blew up? Higher than a kite. Uh, I'll scratch that one out. But I want to tell you that Sally, oh, she was just real sweet about it. Sure, she, I bet she was. You see, Molly? She said to me, Lester, she said, you have got a perfect right to play with that chemistry set just as much as you like. She is a patient girl. Yeah, you see, Molly, a scientist's wife has to be patient. Yes, sir. She said, you just go right ahead and experiment all you want. And when you get all finished and throw every bit of that stuff away, you can reach me at my aunt's house, Lester. That was my last experiment. Wait a minute, Les. Uh, where are you going, Molly? To pack. Huh? When you get through with your chemistry experiments, you'll find me at Aunt Sarah's house. Oh, no. Hey, hey, wait. I give up, Molly. I quit. You win. I'll throw it all away. I promise.
we'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. This is George Fenneman. NBC asked me to tell you something about my boss, Groucho Marx. Well, that's like asking me to tell you something about the A-bomb in 25 words or less. So I brought along a sample of what goes on every week when Groucho talks to his contestants. Listen. Where did you meet your husband? Well, I was in the Indian pageant at that time, so he spent his evenings watching this pageant and flirting with me and saying fancy things. And... Like what? Oh, how you doing, kid? What you doing tonight? How about a date? And he didn't think I could understand English because I was in Indian costume all the time. When did he finally find out you understood every word he said? When he asked me to marry him, I fooled him, and I said yes. <laughs> that's one question a woman can understand in 68 different languages. Well, that's what it's like each week on NBC when Groucho and the contestants play You Bet Your Life. If you haven't caught the show lately, tune us in. I think you'll enjoy it. Read the rest of it, will you, dearie? Okay. And furthermore, I do hereby solemnly swear that I'll dump all the chemical stuff out tomorrow, every bit of it, and clean up the garage, so help me. And I'll help you. Sign right here. Okay. Good night. Good night, all. NBC and Tums, T-U-M-S, Tums for the Tummy, have brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed, with Bill Thompson as Mr. Wimple and Bob Easton as Les Nelson. Will Fibber keep his pledge tomorrow? Will Molly help him dump out all his chemicals? Will the fire engines return to 79 Wistful Vista? Only time will tell. And this is John Wald reminding you that it's the same time tomorrow night for Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Next, highlights from the Senate Committee hearings on the NBC Radio Network.